0: The following sermon was delivered at the 1030 Worship Service at the United Methodist Church of Kent. Please enjoy. Will you pray with me, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, Amen. There is no other, God says to Moses. We are children of God, the Apostle Paul writes. Does it feel good to hear that? It does to me. I have believed this for a long time, but it is great to be reassured by Moses that I am on the right track. And then Paul reassures Moses. I have needed some reassurance once in a a while, and I suppose you have too. I remember the struggles I used to have with problems in math class. I was anything but my easy, It was anything but my easiest subject. Mr. Weir, my geometry teacher, was strict. He was intimidating. Yet he had a sense of humor. It was a good thing, at least for me. I never came close to mastering math, but I can remember when Mr. Weir or others assured me I was at least on the right track. I was going in the right direction. It felt good to hear that. For how many of us have had to travel to an unfamiliar destination? The city may have been new, the neighborhood strange, but remember how good it felt when a stranger assured us we were on the right track, heading in the right direction? Even if you had some of those electronic things to help you, they don't always get you to the right place, do they? Or there may have been times when we felt our physician may not have been treating our ailment correctly. So we went for a second opinion, or maybe even a third. And even though we may not have liked it, was it not reassuring when they agreed on the initial treatment or diagnosis? They seemed to be on the right track. And are there not times when even our faith journey seems to be leading us down some strange paths? Is this book okay for me to read? Are my prayer habits off track? Is this church the right place for me? Am I reading the right Bible translation? Some parents have wondered sometimes what children are taught in Sunday school. This isn't about ours, but these are some reports from around the country. Some people have collected some very interesting reports when a child came home from church school with The Egyptians were all drowned in the desert. Afterwards, Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. Or again, Moses died before he ever reached Canada. Then Joshua led the Hebrews in the Battle of (laughs) Jericho. Saint Paul cavorted to Christianity. He preached holy acrimony, which is another name for marriage. Maybe the teacher was reading the wrong translation. I know. I hope so. Who knows? But it's easy to get on the wrong path. How good it feels to have a person we respect when it is confirmed our decision or path is the right one. You are worshiping the right God. There is no other, says Moses. You are children of God, affirms Paul. That reassurance means a great deal. Pentecost, which we will be celebrating next Sunday, offered the same reassurance for the early Christians. The awe and wonder of the resurrection could have been wearing off. Those not privy to the resurrection appearances may have begun to ask questions. Doubt could have stirred up some uneasiness within the hearts and minds of these early Christians. After all, the resurrection story was a little bizarre. It may not hold up very well under the cold light of everyday life and science. But then God sent the Holy Spirit into their lives. That was bizarre, too. According to the book of Acts, and we'll be hearing more about this next week, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability." A fire was lit that day that never went out. It was a message of reassurance from God. You are on the right track. There is no other. You are a child of God. Today's story from Deuteronomy the children of Israel were near the borders of the Promised Land, but they were not sure of themselves. They probably could have used some kind of Pentecost experience. Rumors had it that there were giants over across that Jordan River. Some may have thought maybe that they should just continue wandering as nomads. They'd been at it for years, what are a few more? Maybe let the next generation worry about crossing into that land of milk and honey. Sometimes that last step is the hardest. It is one thing to dream and to plan. It's another altogether to venture forth. As a teenager, I remember planning a cross-country bicycle trip. I bought maps. I ordered flyers with locations of different youth hostels. I pored over catalogs selling travel equipment. But the trip never materialized. Making it happen was just too much. And the Israelites were reluctant to move across the Jordan in the land they had been convinced was theirs. They had trekked for 40 years but were still hesitant. They just did not feel they could make it happen. So Moses had them reflect on on the God who had led them thus far. Compare God, Moses challenged, with any other gods with a small g about whom you have heard. Has any other spoken out of fire, referring to the burning bush that Moses had seen, or the pillar of fire that they as as a nation had followed? Has any other God worked miracles to free a nation from oppressors? Here, Moses is referring to gods and Moses' encounter with Pharaoh in Egypt. Remember very specific plagues sent upon the Egyptians. What other nation can claim to be chosen by the one true God? Such an exclusive privilege and honor. One theologian, Reginald Fuller, wrote that Moses was reminding the people that God had gone forth out of his self. The people were learning the actuality of God. For you and me, God is not only one who creates and redeems. God continues to stand by us and be involved. God has not only set creation in motion. God works with creation. God has not just wound up the clock and walked away. God keeps the gears and wheels lubricated. God makes sure the hands of freedom have to move. God is intentionally involved and attentive. God does not leave us to our own resources. God encourages, advises, leads, and saves. God is in our midst. There is no other. And this is what Jesus is all about, is it not? The incarnation, the fleshing out of God's word. As a follow-up to the Pentecost event, Paul reminds Christ's followers that it is the Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If we live by this Spirit, Paul tells us, you will live. This is all to say that God is actively with you and me right now. God is in our midst. There is no other. We are children of God. This can feel pretty good, doesn't it? I want to share with you four thoughts. Number one: even in the midst of hurt, disappointment, anxiety, failure, it's good to be reassured about God and that we are God's children. I once heard of a mom who was going through one of her worst days in her life. Appliances were breaking, phone and doorbells were ringing at the same time. Unexpected bills were arriving, and, and there were very limited funds that she could not, and she could not pay them all. Feeling that she was at the breaking point, this young mother picked up her young son and put him in his high chair. She then just felt overwhelmed. She put her head on his high chair tray and started to cry. The little boy watched his mother for a moment and then took his pacifier out of his mouth and placed it in the mouth of his sobbing mother. God's love can pacify, that is, bring us peace. Such love reaches out through even the least of these. We cannot get away from it. Even through the valley of the shadow, God's presence remains. A certain shadow certainly hovers over us and our nation these days. Over the course of the past few weeks, there have been two mass shootings, one including 19 elementary school children. It shocked and troubled and angered us. And this has also forced us to reflect upon such crimes that have haunted our country over many years previously. Steps to avoid or, or at least minimize such tragedies have been proposed, but those in the position to implement them have chosen to look the other way. Many send out thoughts and prayers, and that's all. Yet God's present continues to remain. There really is no other. God can capably patiently and reliably reassure, build us up, and inspire us to go beyond just thoughts and prayers. God, through Jesus Christ, will lead us through the valley of the shadow. God is our parent. There is no other. Secondly, involvement with the Church is the right thing. On occasion, we renew our vows to support it with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We remind ourselves that we are doing the right thing when we pray for the church, when we participate in the life of the church, when we give of our money and abilities to the church, when we give of our time and service to others through the church. It's easy to question and doubt these priorities. There are so many other things to do these days. We see successful people ignoring church life but successful in quotation marks. There are parts of the church with which we may even disagree. It is good to remember that the Church leads us to the way of God. God, there is no other. We are the children of God, and it is God who helps us be the Church. Third, being a servant is the right thing. Christ teaches us to serve the least of these, to love our enemies, turn the other cheek. We are doing the right thing when we visit the ailing and shut-in and the lonely, when we challenge bigotry and prejudice, when we give beyond our normal means, when we spend time with the poor, when we continue to question war, we do take time today to remember those who have died in service to our country. Such a sacrifice grieves it moves us and inspires us, and also challenges us to find ways to never, never let it happen again. It's easy to doubt and question these priorities. The world out there tells us to think of ourselves. We are told how we can expand our leisure time. We are tempted to devote all of our time on self-centered hobbies. There are so many gods with a small g out there that, tempt, that they, they'll tempt us to believe we are the center of the world. Is it not good to know when we find ourselves slipping into selfishness and fear that there is no other God, the real one and only God, and, we, and I, that we are God's children? Fourth, Advocating high moral standards is the right thing. We are taught to be honest and ethical. We are doing the right thing when we tell the truth on our income tax form, when we, we keep our promises, we put in a full day's work for our job. We want, don't want to be in this man's position. His boss asked him, "'Do you believe in life after death?' "'Yes, sir,' was the answer. "'Well, then, that makes everything just fine,' said his boss." He went on and said, After you left early yesterday to go to your grandmother's funeral, she stopped to see you. <laughs> An honest full day's work could have caused this, caused this person less trouble. It's easy to doubt and question a high standard of priorities. People laugh at us, others get away with cutting corners. People around us sometimes work hard at doing the very least. It's good to know that God stands by us as we work at living up to the way of faith. God reinforces the moral good with us, and with God's help, we can do it. Let us pray. Gracious God, this is a day that you have made, and we know you feel our sadness today. Nineteen children have died needlessly and in Texas. Many had also died in Buffalo, New York. You are angry as we are. We do take comfort in knowing that such a massacre or such massacres have took place this past Tuesday is not in any way part of your plan. These deaths represent all that is evil. The road of love laid before us by you is indeed steep to climb. Forgive us, God, when we too soon forget about such catastrophes, when we try to put them behind us, when we look to you for the courage and will to look for ways to say never again and and mean it. May the power of your love drive us beyond the valley of the shadow of death and find the Savior who is in the still waters and green pastures to lead us. May peace be in all our futures. And this is a day when we remember all who have given their lives in service to this country. They have died so that we might live in peace. And as we pause to honor them, may we look to, look to you for ways to commit ourselves to such unselfish sacrifice in the days and weeks and months and years ahead. We offer our prayers to those within our congregation who are looking for health, healing and peace in their own lives. We remember Claudia Sawyer. We pray for those who are facing surgeries and extended rehabilitation. We pray for our sisters and brothers of the Walt United Methodist Church. Encourage them in their ongoing mission to serve you. And God, grant us all your peace that passes all human understanding. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the United Methodist Church of Kent Sermon Podcast. For more information about the church, visit www.kentmethodist.org.